If your restaurant wants to put the best on the table, look for food with the New York State Certified Seal. It's food that is grown right, right here. Learn more at certified.ny.gov. Hey, 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 I'm Jimmy Carbone. from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. from Bushwick with the last show of 5776 for all my Jewish friends out there and today is going to be a real bell ringer. Can you dig it? All the way from Shanghai Pizza Rumba is back. Where, back? Where am I? Where am You're I? Back. I? I know nothing about the American yeah. defense systems. <laughs> I know nothing. Wait, where the, am I? The Manchurian flesh tone has Whoa. returned from behind ah, the Iron Curtain. My name is Peter, with, Peter, Peter Zaramba. With, with tales to tell <laughs> doing Chinese waiter jokes and other Sputnik era humor. Oh, God. <laughs> Excellent. And I understand that was Buddy Hackett's routine, I right? He used to put the rubber band over his eyes. And, <laughs> and then he said he, he thought it was funny until some Chinese guys beat him up and, and proved that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, yeah. I don't blame him. But you're, Hackett, but you're back from on. the Orient with silk and other gifts, I understand? I am back with a special taste delight, but we'll get into that. All right. And uh, joining us is my favorite local historian, uh, the great John Strauss, whose new book, The City of Sedition, <laughs> The History of New York City During the Civil War. We're going to be talking about David uh, Crowd, Brooklyn abolitionists. Abolitionists. Yeah, man. Uh, I, can't, I can't wait. Yeah. because Sedition. Um, because when people think about... I like sedition. Sedition, I'm all for it. The most seditious city north of uh, yes, the Mason-Dixon. Well, when people yeah, think of the Civil War, they may not think of New York City, but uh, this book is absolutely fantastic, and we're going to talk about it. But before we do, uh, it is Rosh Hashanah tonight, so I brought you all some apples Blow and honey. Sh- Blow your show. Um, and I do, well, I, you, I, I Blow the chauffeur. There you go. So, <laughs> that's a, a, a raunch hand surplus kazoo. <laughs> a lot of crazy things going on here, but I do have apples and honey, to, which is uh, symbolic. Wish Anatova, we say, and wish everybody, all our listeners and everybody here, a very sweet New Year. So let me uh, get some apples and honey. And I want to tell you something, uh, Pete Zaremba. You know, we've done on the show a lot of times shows we call sometimes, uh, Dude, Where's My New York? Hmm. And this weekend, I felt very plugged in. We went to that great ham tasting the other night. We did. That was wonderful. Right? Like a real... Like a, a revelation. A revelation. And last night, I was at the greatest art opening I had been to in... I mean, since the really? 80s. What was it? It wasn't Hoboken, okay? But nonetheless... Was uh, it part of this Bushwick art world? It was... Um, no, it was our, our good friend, Julie Wilson. Julie Wilson. You know Julie Wilson? And uh, mm-hmm. her show was out uh, in Hoboken. I was there with Bob Burt, who's been a uh, habituant on this show. Sure, and Bob. a few of our other, our other good friends. Uh, and it was... It was a happening. It wasn't white walls uh-huh. with with uh-huh. eight pieces of art. It was this, it was just everywhere you looked. There were some bits of wonder, and there was this African jazz combo playing, and people were smoking cool. dope in the alleyway, and it, it was great. So it exists. I felt very plugged in, and if you sort of like paying attention, so much. And to get off the train today, and Bushwick was hopping. Yeah. I mean, the art well, walks the going art on, yeah. Yeah. and you know, the, the the vintage truck, and like some weirdo singing Frank Sinatra songs in the corner. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling the, it was hard. Not, it was hard to <laughs> avoid feeling, hitting these people. I've been far. Well. 
Well, there's the, there's the other thing is, yes, we urge to punch everyone you see, but I was genuinely feeling no. some vibrancy We're in New York. Very vibrant. Very vibrant. All right. very vibrant. All right. so, and the ham thing, the, the country ham. Ham. Where was Slight, this? This was at the Brooklyn uh, Brooklyn uh, kitchen, uh, right around uh, the uh, bike, bike uh, distance from my house. Uh-huh. It was amazing. Country. I never thought of the idea of thin slicing American country ham. The way you'd slice speck or prosciutto or Iberian ham. And no, no. it was amazing. What was that? A Broadbent? The Broadbent ham. Broadbent ham, come on. Broad Which is, this was all sponsored by Heritage Foods USA and our mm-hmm. friend Patrick Martins. Um, mm, apples and honey again. Mm. For a sweet new year. Dave, the engineer, please have Very join sweet. Us. Um, so they're from Kentucky, the Broadbent ham people. Old, uh, I mean, their church going. Very nice Kentucky mm-hmm, folk who've mm-hmm. been, you know, uh, curing hams forever. And Patrick um, says to them, oh, well, you know, Mike here uh, knows Larry Flint. He used to work with Larry Flint very well, <laughs> right? Who, you know, Larry's from Kentucky. And, they, 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 you know, the color just drained from their face. You know, Mike used to work for a hustler. He goes, do you know anybody? And I'm like, Patrick, they're, they're, this is not going to win them over. This is like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then we, we had to take a, a ride over to the, the venue and... Um, Poor Mrs. Broadbench sort of basically had to sit on my knee because the car was all jammed into the car. And she gets out, and Patrick's like, you ever sit that close with someone who's worked for Larry Flint? Oh. like, oh, Jesus Christ, Patrick. He would lay off, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> Leave it to Patrick. Yeah. Well, um, you know. They came to New York, so what do they expect? <laughs> I know. I A know. seditious city that was excited with the South during the war. Well, not really. Well, a lot the of lower classes did. did. A lot of people did. The upper classes, of course. Well, not, I think... Shifting uh, topics to the slightly less <laughs> um, controversial, talking mm-hmm. about the Southern Ham. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when people think about the Civil War in New York, the first thing they think about are the draft riots. That's, yep. that's to me, the thing that I, I know, or the first thing that I knew about. It's the one thing everybody knows, yeah. yeah. Now, how, 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 how accurate was Gangs of New York's portrayal of this period? Uh, not very. I didn't opinion. think so. Um, the, the village that they built, the set, reminded me of the set that they built for the big Popeye movie with uh, <laughs> Robin Williams. You That's know? a good analogy. That was, that was yeah. kind of the New York that they yeah. created. And I the mean, acting was similar. New York was, you know, it, it was low. There were, nothing was above five stories high. And it was crowded and it was filthy and dirty. And, they, you know, they tried, but uh, they didn't do it. You know, like TV shows now do a better version of recreating what yeah. things look like. I was looking at that one... Peaky Blinders, which yeah. is set in like 1920 in yeah. uh, in Ed- in where is it set? Birmingham. Birmingham, and it looks like you're in 1920 in Birmingham. They did a good job of that. that that's one of my um, son's favorite shows. What about you, Mike? Peaky Blinders. I liked it when Abraham Lincoln was on Star Trek. I liked. Oh, it. that was great. <laughs> See, oh, wow. Well, we grew up in that era of yeah. the centennial of the Civil War, so the Civil War was a, a, a hot item. It was everywhere. Uh, yeah. Lincoln was also on uh, uh, Twilight Zone many times. <laughs> I remember at least. More, more times than Captain yeah. Kirk. More times than... Well, he was on around three. He was on <laughs> two or three times. Okay, Lincoln... Yeah, yeah, so... Lincoln so, so... What do you want to know about the riots? Uh, well, you know, like I said, was Gangs of New York like a real portrayal? No. Um, I understand, of course though, not. Re- re- reading, reading um, your book in some sense, yeah, this was... There's a real demographic shift um, in Manhattan, really chasing out the African-Americans out of oh, yeah. Manhattan and moving to the outer boroughs, and that well, was the first real... Uh, who who wouldn't have left if you were black? Um, uh, they were definitely chasing you down, and uh, uh, a bunch of of uh, black males got caught, hung, 
hung and quartered, uh, dragged through the street, violated. Of Lower Manhattan. Yeah, mutilated. Well, you know, and Manhattan was only Lower Manhattan right. at that point. But above 42nd Street, things got pretty lonesome. So, um, uh, you know, and that was all that was New York City because Brooklyn was still a separate municipality at that point. But, yeah, so lots – anybody who could flee the city during that week of the, of the riots in uh, July 1863 now, got out. Was it, was it necessary for Lincoln to divert some of the Navy to shell parts of Manhattan? No. Okay. So no, that's he a, did that not is, do that. So that was that in a, Gangs of New York? Uh, there was all sorts of stuff in there. <laughs> <laughs> you two soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, you, right. yeah. um, no, but he did eventually send the army, and it did take the army to uh, right. to stop the riots because there were there were basically no soldiers here because Gettysburg was happening at the same time, so they had all left to head to Pennsylvania, um, so there was almost nobody here to defend things. Uh, what I didn't know, and I, I am a recent uh, Brooklynite, yep. I moved to Brooklyn after living in Manhattan most of uh, my life, was how uh, strong the abolitionist movement was here in Brooklyn, right in Brooklyn oh, Heights, yeah. just down the street for, uh, where I live, and I've become very fascinated with Plymouth Church. Yeah, I, li- I live like two blocks from Plymouth Church. Um, yeah, the, thing to, the thing to remember is that um, there were really like two – New York was having its – and Brooklyn were fighting their own internal civil war at the same time that the bigger civil war was happening. How and so? It, it was between the abolitionists who both in New York City and in Brooklyn were the minority. They were very influential. They were powerful men. They tended to be men with money, but they were the minority. The genteel ma- folks. Genteel folks. A, a lot of them from New England. Yeah. The, um, the Quakers. They, they had because New England was yeah. the hotbed of, of abolition. Um, New Yorkers, or as they called themselves, Yorkers at that point, um, the great majority were anti-abolitionist, pro-slavery, pro-South, um, very much against Lincoln. New York and Brooklyn never voted for Lincoln. Both the two times he ran, they voted against him like two to one. Um, they were hostile to him when he passed through on his way to the White House. And, and, and my thesis is that a, an awful lot of that comes from the fact that the cotton industry was so huge in New York City. And New York City was so huge to the cotton industry. Huge because this was a financial center. Yeah, and the shipping center and, and the merchandising centers and the factories. It was the biggest factory town in the country at that point, New York City. We don't think of it as a factory town, but it was. We've got to bring these merchandising jobs back. Yeah, no kidding. And the factories. You know, that's all gone. Bring back Lincoln. Uh, it's about making New York great again. Yeah, no kidding. I think, it's time, we had, I think it's, it's time we had a, had a drink of whatever it is. Okay, this is, yeah, what is this? Okay. Uh, this is a gift of the Orient here, to the mysterious Orient. You, you are like the Marco Polo of rock. I, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the Marco Polo of booze. Oh, um, there you go. So, what, I mean, you know, I, okay, I was a little, I won't say disappointed with the food in China. I love the food in China. I was asked many times in China, how do you like Chinese food? So huh. they call it Chinese food there. Did you try the dumplings? I heard the I dumplings are tr- fabulous. I had dumplings every day. They are fabulous, and you could buy them for pocket change. They were delicious. No sizzling, sub gum or yeah. otherwise. Yeah. No sizzling. So, so you, little, can't, you can't get it on St. Mark's Place anymore either. You know, you can't, Jade Mountain no longer is. Oh, right. Yeah. So no but more they had sizzling. those juicy dumplings. They had the, the juicy oh, ones filled with, filled with broth that scalds your mouth. Yeah. And, and the, and the pork buns, which are like the white castles of, of the Orient. Uh-huh. I, every day I had a pork uh-huh. bun, steamed, steamed pork bun. But this is something you can go. They have a, like a, the equivalent of 7-Elevens now all over Shanghai. Uh, they call them all days. And there's another one, a Lawson's from Hong Kong. And, okay, if you've got like 70 cents in your pocket yeah. and you want to get smashed, the, what you reach for is this stuff. Bye, Joe. Oh, man. 
Okay, this what is, is it called? Baijiu. 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 And which means white wine or white spirit. <laughs> it means white lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, can, I can tell yeah, from yeah. here. It is 110 uh, proof. It, and you can buy it in this little handy half pint uh, hip, uh, hip flask nice, here. Very nice. It fits in the pocket. Yeah. And you, you can pull on this. as a, And the Chinese way, and we're going to do it right now. I'm going to crack. Actually, this is yours, Mike. Take this. Crack it open. Crack it open, Mike. That's all right. That's Here we go. Let's demonstrate right. this right now. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this a traditional okay. Chinese construction work away. <laughs> ah, yes. Crack okay. that open. Crack it open. I paid my 70 cents. You paid your, your, your uh, five and a half kwai. Holy shit. Five and a half kwai. I'm afraid if I drop it, That's I'm Red blow Star up the studio. It, it looks dangerous. <laughs> and, and what this is, is it's a... Uh, as people assume it's made from rice. It is not made from rice. It's distilled from sorghum. Wow. Wait, but no sizzling. No sizzling. Take I'll, a I'll be the judge of that. Take a poll. Yeah, yeah, it might sizzle. Let's take find a, out. Take a poll, Mike. Just, no, come on. Don't, don't sit. Oh. Huh? Hmm. I tell you, 70, hmm. 70 cents will never get you uh, no, it's not more smash. John, right. try this. All right. All right. Do it, do it uh, it's, Chinese it's, construction worker style. Right. right out of the bottle. Wow. But the, no, I mean, you go. know, 110 proof. It's got some kick to it, but ah. it's um, oh, that's it's got nice. more flavor than you expect because I, you know, I have this theory that every culture has some variation of the dumpling, whether yeah. it's an empanada or a kneedlock or something. Ah. Every culture is a dumpling, and every ah, culture man. has its own moonshine. You yeah, know, yeah, whether it's Slivovitz or Aguadiente, wherever you go, Pulcine so, in Ireland, somebody's yeah. making grappa, some bathtub grappa. gin grappa, and they're making a dumpling. That, that kind of tastes okay. like grappa, doesn't Red, it? Red Star brand. Red Star. Let me tell you something. You sell that for grappa in a high-end Italian restaurant, charge eighteen dollars for glass, you could. and people will tell you that's very smooth. Ooh, yeah. That's smooth. That's nice. I better try it again to make sure my Say first opinion there. was accurate. Okay. And what's it called again? Say it again. Baijiu. Baijiu. Baijiu, which literally means white wine. White wine. As a or white spirit, it they, does oh, taste any, a lot like grappa. It does, right? Yeah, yeah. it does have like a kind of a smooth fruity finish to it. Mm-hmm. Right, it's nice. You, you'll, we'll have a smooth finish when we yeah, finish we that bottle. Or a fruity finish, a fruity finish. Yeah, I don't know the other. <laughs> yeah, have another pull there, John. No. So I that, and it goes. I brought, I brought my ukulele for the fruit. I think it goes very nice uh, with the uh, honey and the apple. It, you know, it actually kind has the sweetness of that. It, the, there is a and there's almost like that honey aftertaste right. that I did not expect having. You know, the last time I had some like Chinese moonshine, it came in like a can, like one of those can um, of moonshine. Yeah, and it came in um, <laughs> like an oil can. It was like a 1980s Chinatown find, mm-hmm. and it came in one of those cans. I guess what they call it, like gas treatment, like STP, yeah. that you pour into wow. the tank. So because the top was a funnel, because it was meant to be poured oh, yeah, directly yeah. into the gas tank, right? <laughs> and um, yeah, and that, that was so you poured a, this right down your gullet, right, right, right. It was and it was rocket fuel, and. Yeah. Um, that is the best seventy. Yeah, this no, this is okay, really best nice. seventy cent high. You're gonna, yeah. In fact, all three of us can get high with this. So that's five and a half. I, I'm starting to realize wine. now it has some certain psychedelic yen. properties. Really this nice. was introduced to me by the guys in uh, Round Eye, who are our hosts over there. The group, Gil. It was a big uh, fantasy. And at the first dinner, he insisted on buying a bottle that came in a fancy China, you know, bottle with a seal on it and a ribbon. And this is, I, you know, this is much better. <laughs> the red, it's called Peking Red Star, Red Star Factory Asia. brand, made uh, made up north out of the, uh, out of sorghum. So here, that's how I, that's I'm good. getting stoned on it. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, two yeah, good yeah, yeah. Hits on that. No. We got to finish this, Mikey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. John, have a. All right, I'll tell you what. We're going to come back. They weren't talk. drinking this during the riots. <laughs> uh, we're, they, we're, they might have been. Well, they had their own white they, lightning. Yeah, their own moonshine. Yeah. Uh, 
Wow. No sizzling. Wow, he's out. No, I'm sizzling. I'm sizzling. It's good. I'll tell you what. Let's take a quick break. We're going to be back with uh, Count Zaremba and uh, Mr. John uh, Strasbaugh talking about his fantastic book, City of Sedition, about New York City. And this is one of the war. most. When we get back, I want to talk a little bit about uh, one of the heroes of your book, one of my favorites, Walt Whitman. Sure. Walt and, Whitman. Uh, Absolutely. Tell us, we're going to take it. We're going to play some uh, Civil War era music right now. Tell us what we're going to hear. Uh, I believe this is the McGargle sisters doing um, uh, Hard Times Come Again No More, my very favorite of Stephen Foster's song. All right, very groovy. We'll be right back here. I love Stephen Foster. I love them. Gorgeous. And they do a great version. chefs and restaurants are proud of the food they put on the table. And serving produce that comes from local, environmentally responsible farms is a way to leave an even better taste in everyone's mouth. So when shopping for your ingredients, look for the New York State Grown and Certified Seal. It lets you know which food is grown right, right here in New York State. Certifying the food that comes from local farms that meet a higher standard. You'll not only be serving local food, you'll be supporting local farmers. Learn more about the New York State Grown and Certified Program at certified.ny.gov. All right, and we're back here at uh, the ground zero of Roberto's, the Heritage Radio Studio. Don't forget, we're member-supported, so if you're listening on your internet machine, please push that button that says Donate Now, and uh, I'll come over to your house and I'll play the kazoo for you. Yeah, maybe Zaremba yeah. will, uh, will bring you some of uh, that Chinese some moonshine, Bajo, which, which Dave the Engineer has now gotten into. So, <laughs> No, I haven't. <laughs> that, that, denial, Thank you. that denial is not... Uh, yeah. doesn't fly with yeah, me. No one's buying. We're talking to uh, John Strasbaugh about his fantastic new book, The City of Sedition, The History of New York City During the Civil War. And we're going to talk about Walt Whitman, yeah, man. who's a hero of this book. I um, don't know how many people would expect Walt Women to emerge as a hero in a book about the Civil War? Well, uh, um, you know, he was one of the most... In, I, in, okay, first off, in my opinion, Walt is the greatest poet in American history still to this day. I, I absolutely, absolutely concur. Everything that came after him was just... It's the anonymous. When you're reading Allen Ginsberg, you're reading Walt Whitman. Of course. And and he would have admitted that. I, I, Alan would oh, not certainly. have denied that. Um, when, you, when you read that original Leaves of Grass, the 1855 version, holy cow. I, I, it's I, at I least lo- 100 years ahead of itself. 
I love what you had to say about, about him. I'm paraphrasing. I don't, I don't have a mark, but it was modern before there was modern. Uh, absolutely. You know, and it go, what did you say? It was a great line in your book about going from like a single atom to the entire swirling cosmos in a few lines. He it's, does that in, in those it, Did poems. I paraphrase pretty, pretty yeah, closely? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he does that. It, it's just an amazing work. And, and Walt was an amazing guy. Um, in the Civil War, he goes down to Washington looking for his brother, who was uh, in the Union Army, and he saw him listed among the wounded. And Walt was worried about him, so he goes to Washington. He ends up spending the rest of the war in Washington as a kind of one-man USO, going around to the hospitals, bringing guys fruit, holding their hand, reading their mom's letters to them, whatever they needed. Um, and, he, and he wasn't making any money doing that, so uh, his friends up here were, were trying to raise money for him, and his friends in Boston were trying to raise money from Thoreau and, uh, so, and Emerson and some of those more notable writers up there. Proto Yankee skin flints. Well, it wasn't just that they were Yankees and cheap. It was that they, they, they <laughs> knew that Walt was gay. And, wow. And they, they knew. And um, so as, as his friend who tried to raise the money from them said, um, you know, they know that you have genitals and they think that nurses shouldn't have them. So they're not going to give you any money. People, you know, like we think that people didn't understand, you know, didn't know about homosexuality until the 1960s or something. But everybody knew. Well, it was, I, just, I, it was, it was just treated differently. <laughs> I think my, my Roman and Greek friends might beg to differ. There you go. There you go. Another, Especially he, the Greek. another hero that emerged. I'm kind of a guy I'm kind of fascinated with uh, is Matthew Brady, and I yeah. think it's very important the um, the role photography played in, in, the, in the Civil War and in the propaganda of the time. Yeah, and that ties into your your Plymouth Church because uh, Plymouth Church invited Lincoln. Lincoln was even a dark horse. He was, he was so nobody that when he came to New York in 1860, some of the newspapers misspelled his name. Um, Plymouth, Is that when he gave like, the uh, Cooper address? The Cooper Union address. But Cooper Plymouth address. Church had, had invited him. So he's coming to speak at Plymouth Church. When he gets here, Plymouth Church is canceled because they don't think he's got enough of a name to draw a crowd. And churches were for profit in those days. They weren't nonprofits. So if you had a guy come speak, you had to get a crowd um, to make it worth your while. So Horace Greeley, the editor of the Tribune, and, and one of the big... Uh, uh, yeah, man. Another the, hero of your book? A, a, a great character, a wacky character, but a great one. And uh, another one of the abolitionists brings him into Manhattan at Cooper Union. He gives that famous speech that launches his career. And that day, he gets that famous picture of him took by Matthew Brady, whose studio was a couple blocks away. And between that speech and that picture, now everybody, because it's New York, and New York's already the media center of the country, everybody around the country has read his words, seen his picture, and he gets elected president. And uh, what year would this have been? 1860. February 1860. Just at the very beginning of, of, of the Which war. Which yeah. precipitated the war. <laughs> yeah, so he gets elected, election. and then the war happens. Right. I love there's this uh, political cartoon in your, in your uh, book here. It's uh, Lincoln and Greeley, and uh, it's mocking their black Republican agenda. Yeah. Uh, oh my, have times have changed. Re Republican. Yeah, well, Republicans were the Democrats of that era and the Democrats were the Republicans of that era. Um they, they switched in the early 20th the century. The party basically. of Lincoln. They still like to hang on to that old... Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. And and, but they've complete, the polls have completely shifted. So, no, they're not at all the same. Uh, well, I'm going to have to read this book. I've, I've, yeah, I'm, 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 reading, uh, I'm reading Mike's book for the second time. 
Mike's book is great, you too. You are a complete disappointment. Thank you. Thank you very much for saying that. <laughs> um, yeah, so what do you think about this whole book business? You're already into another one. I mean, I, yeah. sometimes I think I'm nuts, you know, for doing it again. I, yeah, I, you are. It's, it's, a, it's like having homework every day for two years. Yeah. And uh, the rewards are high, but, the you know, it's not a business plan I would recommend to anyone. I tell, uh, when I was editing uh, New York Press, um, some, ah. uh, some of the journalist teachers would invite me to come speak to their, mm-hmm. their journalism students. And the first thing I would say to them all was, how many of you are picturing having a career in journalism? And they'd all raise their hands, and I would say, go back, run away, go, you know, That's, they inv- while you they still have time. They invited you in, in the way that, like, in the health ed, they invite a, a reformed drug addict. There you go. <laughs> exactly. To be, to be a cheerleader like, for the cause. I was like the AA guy yeah, who comes to speak to you about that. I, and I just and they get so depressed. But it's a terrible career choice to want to be a writer or a musician or a dancer or an artist. You know, come on, it's ridiculous. We should have all gone I, to dental I'm, hygiene. I'm, I'm a complete disappointment. Yeah, but I'll, there you I'll, are. I'll tell you what. Somehow, and uh, I'm kind of a, a survivor of the bad economy, and I'm really you know blessed and feel very fortunate uh-huh. that I work at my kitchen table because yeah, every time I, I do have to truck in to you know Manhattan, I mean the F train, it's the Matrix. You know, it's like I just want to scream at these people. You should have taken. The red pill. Yeah, you know it, it is getting weirder and weirder. The zombies—it's like zombie nation. Uh, the, uh, you know. And that being said, the and most- I'm talking to you people out there, you ones who walk around with your God—you know your your handheld devices and you're pushing those buttons that, on the stairs. That's, that's the matrix, baby. It, it is. People are so plugged in now; it's very strange. It is, it is a very strange. I know, it's strange spooky world. to me. I you need to like go it. back and watch Abe Lincoln on Star Trek and listen mm-hmm. to what he had. He said, "Spock, <laughs> help me, help me, help Spock. me, Spock." Right. That was a blink, but it was a trap. It was a trap. It was a trap. So you're already on to, on to your next book. You're working on uh, uh, New York and World War II. World, yeah, New York and yeah, World War yeah. II, which um, is easier for me in my mind's eye to, to, to picture. It's actually, yeah, it's turning out to be harder to write, though. Okay, so here's the first image that comes big. to my mind. It's it's the end of the war. That's uh-huh. the first just the first image of World War II in New York. It's the end of the war. It's Times Square. It's a sailor kissing the girl. Yeah, yeah, VJ. And that guy um, uh, was uh, a German immigrant to New York, the guy who took the picture. Um, and worked for life and time and all those places and just was, you know, there he was taking that picture. But you know what? There were, it's interesting, though, that I've seen a lot of variations. On, he wasn't the only guy who said, you two, get up there and kiss. I'm going to take your picture. That, they, yeah. He just did the best one and the one that was in Life magazine. And Life magazine That's was, a good picture. was the universe. Well, it's one that. of those indelible images. It's yeah. up there with the man yeah. on the moon and Iwo Jima. And, and you know, I haven't yet read it, but somebody did a book where they, because people didn't know who he was and who she was. And pretty recently, right. some you, authors the, that. Supposedly. Yeah. I got to read that. I haven't gotten to it. I, what comes to my mind is the movie All Through the Night with oh, yeah. Humphrey Bogart yeah. and Conrad Veidt. Yeah. Guess what? Guess, who guess was what? Conrad. In every yeah, movie, yeah, I was going to say, guess what? Uh, who Conrad plays? Right. Right. Yeah, he plays. Every but also, movie. Phil Silvers is in this movie. <laughs> Everyone's in this oh, movie. Oh, that's right. Phil's in. That and Jackie movie. Gleason. We need, That's right. Isn't he like, he's Gleason a cop or something. He's one of the gang. Oh, one of, okay, one, of okay. one of Humphrey Bogart's gang okay. guys. I, I watched that not too long ago. Yeah, good well, movie. that's a New York. Uh, uh, and it, it's supposedly that's the first one where they really get talking about, um, I think that's all through the night, where um, they start talking about the German embassy in, in New York, which was all the way downtown at the Battery, and how they were involved with Nazi spies and yada, 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 because you didn't talk about that until we were actually in the war. Until we were in the war, we were you know you were more careful about talking about that stuff. All through the night. Yeah. Humphrey yeah, Bogart. Yeah, Crazy yeah, yeah. times. 
Once again, it's been the fastest half hour on the well, internet. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. It's flying wait, by, wait, but the jet before lag. we go, the jet lag. You're, is... you're, still, you're still in China. You're... You know, no, it's the Baijo. I know nothing what... about the American the defense <laughs> system. <laughs> that Baijo, wait, there's one more. Oh, oh, okay. Before it actually melts the bottle. It's yours. Hit it. Okay, that's for the round eye guys, if they're listening over in China. Can Thank you, can you guys. get more of that? I, I, you know what? I think it's probably red, <laughs> red, not in the 7-Eleven uh-huh. the way it is in China. You can you know, whip out that five and a half. Uh, I'm going to talk yen. to my liquor That's, store guys uh, about that. You know, and, I, I, I have and don't buy it in the fancy bottle. All right. You know what I mean? Buy this uh, is red. Red Star. Peking Red Peking Star. Red Star. Factory right. brand. I mean, I have right. to say, I have a Working taste man's. for moonshine, white lightning, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. you know, oh, I remember like being down south body. and. was warming up. Okay, we're gonna go out with. Right. Uh, I did this. I I didn't quite do this on stage as part of the American trilogy uh-huh. as legends on stage in Vegas, but I did get to walk out. After this was over, in my own Elvis outfit, yeah. and sing "Rock and Roll Heaven" as, as the finale Beautiful. on stage in Vegas, at uh, where, where were they doing Legends on stage? I don't know. Anyway, one of them. All right. Well, Whoa. once All again, right. thanks very much, Dad. John, thanks for coming by. John, that was great. Thank you time. We go way back Yay. together. Yay. Days of New York Yay. Press. Can you get the studio audience clapping? <laughs> <laughs> hey. Put on the Let me see if I can get them excited. Come on, everybody. We're blowing we're blow the Kazoo is chauffeur. Once Jeez, again, with Sean Tobin, Happy New Year. Really wishing everybody a very, very sweet 5777. How sweet it is. Uh, and uh, let's uh, take, um, take a shot and go out with right. uh, Elvis via the we got, we got to do our Elvis version. Nah, not too fast, baby. Let's give it the gravitas. Old John really, Brown's body line. I'm going to do it at flesh tones tempo, not no, a rocket train like, tempo. Like, <laughs> let's, let's be reverent here. This, I'm going to think of uh, my favorite Canadian actor, uh, Raymond Massey, oh, in uh, Santa Fe Trail. Uh-huh. All right, so you have to channel him to I'm sing. I'm channeling Raymond Massey. All right. I'll channel him. Old John Brown's body lies molded in the grave. While we weep the sons of bondage, who he ventured all to save. But less his life while struggling for the slave. But his soul is marching on. Mikey, help me. John Brown was a hero, undaunted, true, and brave. And Kansas knows his valor when he fought her rights to save. The grass grows green above his grave. His soul is marching on. Johnny. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. Now let me tell you. He captured Harper's Ferry with his 90 men so few And frightened old Virginia till she trembled through and through They hung him for a traitor, themselves the traitor crew His soul is marching on Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah His soul is marching on Pizza in <laughs> let's, have, let's have some pizza, Mike. Yeah. We earned it. Arts and Seizures. 
for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.